COVID leads to water cutbacks in Florida. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations are rising in Florida, and now the crisis is affecting water supplies. The mayor of Orlando is asking residents to cut back on their water use because the same liquid oxygen that's needed to help coronavirus patients breathe and protect against lung damage is also used by utilities. The city uses liquid oxygen to make ozone gas to really water of naturally occurring organic compounds and eliminate a rotten egg smell. The shortage of liquid oxygen across the nation is being made worse by a lack of tanker trucks and drivers. Residents were asked to immediately stop watering their lawns and washing their cars. The city's utility wants to cut daily consumption almost in half and if they don't, water quality could deteriorate. In as soon as a week, there could be a system-wide boil water advisory for drinking and cooking. Orlando has already stopped irrigation at parks and ball fields, and the cutbacks might continue into September. The federal government declared the first-ever water shortage for the Colorado River on August 16th, triggering reductions to deliveries at the beginning of next year to Arizona, Nevada, and Mexico. Farmers in Arizona will suffer the largest cutbacks. Right now, the announcement does not affect the river's upper basin states of Wyoming, Utah, New Mexico, and Colorado, but as early as next year, the Bureau could declare a shortage there. While the southwest suffers from a lack of precipitation, about a week ago, rain fell where it's not expected, on the highest point of Greenland's immense ice cap for the first time ever on record. It rained for several hours at the National Science Foundation's summit station, 500 miles north of the Arctic Circle. Temperatures there are usually well below freezing, but remained above that mark for about nine hours. It had been exceptionally hot all around Greenland for three days, about 18 degrees Celsius higher than average in some places. If you spent time on beaches on the East Coast, you've probably seen horseshoe crabs. The creatures, which can grow up to two feet long and have a helmet-like shell, have existed on Earth for hundreds of millions of years and have survived five mass extinctions. What's the secret to their longevity? It might be their blue blood. It contains cells that detect harmful toxins and bacteria and clot around them to protect the animal. It's a remarkable trait that did not go unnoticed by the medical community, which since the 1970s has been using horseshoe crab blood to test drugs, biomedical devices, and vaccines, including recent ones for COVID-19, to make sure they are contaminant-free. The creatures are collected when they come ashore to spawn and are taken to a lab where about 30% of their blood is drained. Afterward, the crabs are returned to the water and the pharmaceutical industry claims only about 3% die. But conservation groups argue the loss could be as high as 30% and when combined with overfishing of the animals for bait, the result has been serious declines in the past few decades. There is a synthetic alternative to using horseshoe crab blood that's been approved in Europe and Asia, but not yet authorized in the U.S. So for now, the crabs are helping to keep Americans alive, and perhaps one day soon, we will return the favor. 
And finally, do you remember the meal you had at a favorite restaurant two years ago, or even what you had for dinner last Friday? If you were a cuttlefish, you probably would. Recent research led by the University of Cambridge showed the squid-like creatures can remember for their entire lives the precise details of what they ate, where, and when they gulped it down. This type of memory is called episodic, which in humans declines over time. It's different from semantic memory, where we tuck away facts like state capitals, the location of the grocery store, or how to use a pair of scissors. The researchers tested the memory of cuttlefish by delivering meals in certain locations in their tanks at specific times to see if they'd remember to show up and they did. Then the cuttlefish were offered a choice between a dull food and their favorite shrimp, getting the tastier treat if they were willing to wait. Eventually, the animals learned to postpone gratification if it meant getting the yummier meal. This suggested the cuttlefish had formed complex episodic memories that included not only where and when they had eaten, but also if the meal was delicious. The researchers suspect the ability of cuttlefish to retain memories even into old age helps the animals not to forget whom they mated with so they can spread their genetic code more broadly. That's it for this week in water. Don't you forget to tune in next time.